Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Bim. Hi, Dami. How are you? I'm good. We're here. Another session, another episode of PropCast. It's, it's, do you know what? It's interesting that... um. You know, when you're starting a podcast or starting anything that you're going to put out there, you, there's always that element of, I wonder if we'll ever have enough to talk about. And remember, we were supposed to be doing this every two weeks, right? And then now we've, we've literally, we're doing podcast every week and we wow. still have a lot to talk about. Wow. We, we started off with every week. Then we thought, hmm, let's do it every two weeks. But yeah. then the consistency is not, it's not so much there. So then we, we reverted back to every week. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I think we've, yeah, there is still loads to talk about, to be honest. Yeah. So, but no, we're good. So what are we talking about today, Bim? Well, today, guys, we have an amazing, amazing woman with us, an amazing, successful investor in the building, in the virtual building of Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, 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 we've, got, um, we've got Stephanie Taylor with us today. The queen of HMO heaven, or the queen of HMO rent to rent. She's 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 the queen of everything. Uh, so we're excited to have you, Stephanie. So please welcome and please introduce yourself. Hey, Dami and Bimbala. I am so excited to be here because I, I just love your show. And I was saying to you when we spoke a few weeks ago that I love your artwork on the Insta. You guys are totally killing it there. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Making you the rest of us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think you've got you've got a good team behind you too, Stephanie. Uh, yeah. You've got a good you got a good brand as well. You know, rent I try, rent I try. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And your clubhouse wise as well. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so uh it's great to be here, guys, and be part of a propcast. Uh, I'm Stephanie Taylor, and the way that I invest at the moment is in buying blocks of flats and commercial property to convert into blocks of flats. And I, I'm sure we'll come on to that later on. I'm also co-founder of the award-winning HMO property management company, HMO Heaven, as you mentioned, Bimbala. And I'm co-founder of Rent to Rent Success, where we help you get started in property with little money using the rent to rent strategy. And I know that that's something Bimbala and Dami have talked about many times on the PropCast. And if you're curious about it, I'm sure we'll be talking about it more today. And also, I host the Rent to Rent Success podcast, and I'm author of the number one best-selling book, Rent to Rent Success, which I'm so proud of. And it's got over 135 star reviews on Amazon. It's it's actually as as you've said many times, property can change your life pretty quickly. And it's been a fantastic few years for my sister Nikki and I. We invest together. And we've been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, The Telegraph, The Daily Mirror, just to name a few. And now I'm passionate, like the same as you guys, actually, about helping other people get started who think that they can't. I didn't get started until I was in my 40s. And I'm just, I just want everybody to know, yes, you can get started in property with little money. You can sack your boss within a year if that's what you want to do. Not everybody does. And you can create a life you love and live it on your terms through property so it's exactly what you guys are doing here on propcast and that's why i'm so delighted to be here with you well delighted to have you damn that's uh i want to use some fire emojis right now (laughs) 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 that's so cool award-winning companies um been featured in magazines and uh Mm -hmm. and successfully investing as well so kudos to you stephanie and uh we're we're really glad to have you on so thank you for coming to propcast it's my pleasure. Great to be here. Amazing. Oh, my good, Lottie. I, there was no way I could have introduced you to, to the audience, uh, to the listeners. Thanks for doing a good job of um, showcasing the amazing work that you've been doing. So shall we get started then? Or should we start from the beginning? <laughs> yeah. So, Stephanie, you mentioned that you, you, um, you started in your 40s. Um, I don't know how old you are now. Um, you know, I'm sure you're not that old. But then um, I, 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 um, I kind of took from that 
um, that you probably, perhaps you probably thought at the time that you were already way too old to get started? Or what, what was it that actually got you started um, at that age? And how did you get started? Yeah. Uh, so I, like a lot of people can recognize the story. I was working in financial services. I was a contractor at a bank. I actually thought I was doing reasonably well. Uh, I was contracting through a limited company, getting paid a good, a really good day rate and making a decent living. But what, what changed everything? I didn't actually think that I could be a business person or invest in property. It just didn't cross my mind. Uh, or, or I would occasionally get the, the flicker of an idea and then think, oh, no, you haven't got the what it takes to do that. And what changed everything was that my mum got ill. She called me one morning. I was just in such a hurry to get her off the phone. And when I was thinking about it at work afterwards, I was I was going into work that day to do a presentation and I got in there. And I had all that nervous energy beforehand, but the presentation went really well. And then I'm back at my desk in the afternoon and I just was thinking to myself, oh, mum just wanted a bit of comfort this morning and a bit of support. And I was sort of trying to dash her off the phone so much so that she, she then started, you know, when people start apologizing for calling, oh, sorry to bother you. Oh, 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 oh. And it was just a bit of an awkward conversation. And I just thought at that moment when I was sitting there, it just hit me. Um, you're this, the bank's not important. I mean, you're not important to the bank. If the bank, if I hadn't turned up to work that day or any other day, the bank would be absolutely fine. Mm. But you know, my mum needs me and I want to be there for her as well. And I want to be a different person to the person that I was being. And I just thought, how could I be able to live that way where I've got that flexibility to spend more time with her to, even if she's not sick, to just spend the time together now she's retired. And, um, and that's when I thought there's got to be another way. And I started thinking about ideas uh, for how to do my own thing in business. And because I thought that business was all very complicated and I wouldn't be able to do it, it then came to me property because I knew lots of, I mean, that's the thing in the UK. I think that we all know somebody who's made significant gains from property, whether they were trying to uh, strategically as an investor or whether it just happened for them as a result of buying uh, their residential properties. We all know people who've been able to give up work through that. And it just seemed like that was more available to somebody like me. And I started looking into it. That's um, um, that's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I guess that that f- from the beginning, your your why was a very strong why. Um, you know, you had your you had your mum who wasn't very. I guess not even so much very well, but the fact that you wanted to be able to live life in your own terms, in a sense, and be able to do the things you want to do, as opposed to um, as opposed to rushing around in a job and uh, and being bogged down by that so um that's that's really interesting um so in terms of you starting then um so you so we we know your why we know the background and what kind of took you into property what kind of barriers were there at the beginning in terms of you thinking about property and going into property what 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 challenges and barriers did you face yeah i suppose the biggest one Dami, is i didn't have a clue what what the possibilities, what could I do? How could I do it? I didn't, I didn't know anything. And that was number one. And number two was that I didn't think I could do anything. I, I so underestimated what I would be able to do or what skills and abilities were needed. And uh, I so underestimated myself there. And so both of them make it really difficult to move forward. But the, the amazing thing I had going for me was that, as you said, I had that bit of fire lit under me and also I was 45 when I first started this is 2016 so I was 45 and I just thought I can't put this off anymore whatever I decide to do I've got to do it straight away there can't be any waiting around it then came to my mind you know you've had decades and you've not taken action so you need to whatever you're doing you need to do it so both of those things really not force me but they they just drove me I just felt like suddenly I had so much energy towards it 
And what, what I, my first step was to start going to a lot of property meetings. Before this, I didn't even know that there were property meetings, but mm. I had the idea and I started Googling. And as we all know, uh, well, before lockdown anyway, there were proper Yeah, so I was living in Bristol at the time. And, you know, there was at least one meeting and most weeks there were two or three different meetings going on. Mm. And so I would just go to work and then be at these meetings in the evenings. And in the meantime, I would be listening to podcasts like this one. Um, back in the day, there were a few property podcasts and I would just be amazed continually by everything that was possible. And my mind would be blown whenever I went to any of these meetings or listening to podcasts. You, you kind of insinuated your age and I've got to say you are looking very well you're looking very well you don't look your age oh my gosh <laughs> amazing Harry we need to have a party you're going to be 50 assuming you're already not 50 this year right yeah that's right I'm going to be 50 this year when is your birthday we need a party we do need a party but mother you are on this yeah definitely we'll get in touch it's the end of August so yes uh, I'm a party yeah. <laughs> uh, lockdown yeah. might be over by then Steph so no know. there will be a party to celebrate coming out of lockdown the book launch, the success of everything you've done 50 oh my god 50 are looking fabulous please i need to be in that party i will be upset if i find out on instagram that the party took place and i didn't get an invite she's gonna post the pictures to close friends only (laughs) you guys are in the close friends come on (laughs) so um, amazing thank you yeah there's a couple of things you mentioned there i've been reading a book called the confidence code um and it's it's quite interesting it's a book for women and you're probably wondering, well, why are you reading a book for women? But, you know, I, I found it quite, in- I didn't realise it was a book for women. But of course, as I, as I kept reading it, um, it transpired that it's a book for women and, and uh, in terms of looking at confidence within women. And there was a couple of things you said. You, you said, one, you didn't know anything. And then two, um, you kind of just uh, underestimated maybe your own abilities and you weren't so probably confident in yourself. Now, the book mentions a couple of things about, you know, about building confidence. And the main thing, the main crux of it, if I can summarize the book, is that um, action, when you take action, it breeds confidence. And that certainly looks like what you've done um, in your journey, in your short, you know, relatively short journey in property, you've taken action. The first thing was you were going to property and meet events. Then obviously from one thing has led to another, but you've consistently taken action. And um, so that I, I think that just goes to show that anyone, anywhere can can do this, um, regardless of age, regardless of gender. Um, and hey, you, you've also you've also picked up awards along the way, which is, which is pretty amazing. Love it. Love it. I want to just touch on how you, you mentioned that you were actually in a good job. I mean, you were working in financial services, you were a contractor. I mean, we know what that feels like. I certainly know what that feels like, because that's exactly what I came from as well. I worked in an investment bank as a contractor, market risk analyst. So, you know, it was good money. Um, and there are lots of people, the other day I was on Clubhouse and one of the session was called, um, what's stopping you from getting started in property? And a couple of people did come up saying exactly this, you know, they're actually in pretty good jobs. And so it's not even, it's not so much the fact that they're not earning enough, but there was, you know, I suppose the freedom to do the things you wanted to do, the ability to make the decision without, you know, thinking, um, if I don't go to work or if I don't do this or if I don't do that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to earn a living. I, I would like for you to just touch a little bit more on that because on one hand, there are people that are doing okay in there, you know, financially they're okay. But then this is where, this is the point where we talk about wealth as opposed to money, um, freedom as opposed to money. And this is something that as investors, um, this is one of the things that it gives us. So I don't know if you want to just shed it, just a little bit more on that point. Yeah, that is, that's a great point. Uh, I, I just think uh, 
there's so many people trap themselves. So I think it's really important for all of us just to think about where do you want to be in five years or 10 years mm. rather than where do you want to be next month or the month after? So, so what I mean by that is if you want to have the potential to be able to make what you make now in a, in a, in a year, in a month, to make what you make in the year, in your salary, in a month, in your business, um, where it doesn't require your full-time um, input to make that happen, mm-hmm. then making the transition makes sense. But there are lots of different ways to make the transition. And I was, I was lucky in the sense that my son is older and has left home and has got his own career, just bought his own flat, you know, so I'm not supporting, I wasn't supporting anybody at the time. So it was an easy decision for me. So for me, the sensible decision would have been, so in, we started, I started looking into all this at the beginning of 2016, going to the events, um, finding out, learning as much as I possibly could. And I started um, going to ask for properties, you know, see, go on viewings and, um, I got we got the first one in June 2016 and honestly I don't know how I managed to go to work because my brain was just totally excited and hyperactive about property and thinking about these deals and offers and what we were doing next and I was super organized at the time because my job was pretty full on so I would before work I would be listening to podcasts and I, I had a list of um, tasks in a, a task manager and at lunchtime I would leave the building and go out and call agents and set things up ready for the weekend to go on the viewings and yeah I was just I was just all over it and mm. in the evenings I would be following up this list again also listening to podcasts and, and going to the events of course um, so when we got this property in June I also got opportunities to extend my contract for six months at the bank and that would have been a sensible thing to do, build up my savings a bit more. But honestly, I just could not do it. I was so hyper about <laughs> property. I just thought, I think I'm going to, my brain's going to explode if I try and extend this contract and think about other things as well. So I just left, which was fine for me because I had some savings. And I also moved to Newport. So I was living in Bristol at the time, a lovely flat right on the harbour side. So that was more expensive. And obviously it was fine with the lifestyle that I had, with the income that I had. Mm. But I just decided, moved to Newport, which is where I wanted to do the property business, live, well, not for free. I was still paying, I was still paid our company a very low rent because those first two properties we got, they were both empty. And so I just moved into one of them Mm. and paid our business the rents, you know, whatever rent it was for the room and uh, managed the refurbishment and yeah and and then when when the when it was completed and people moved in and somebody took my room and I moved out and got my own place yeah it just that just worked out really well for for us and the way I I looked at it was okay if this does not work out I can just get another contract Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it didn't feel like there was a lot it didn't feel like a huge risk for me so how do yeah go on Ben no no just that that statement right there I just wish a lot of people would just have that at the back of their mind. Like you don't have to, like we'd spend so long or so much, put so much energy into, Oh my God, what if, what if, what if, well, actually, if it doesn't work out, you can, you can get another job. Like you can go back to whatever you used to do. Well, not trying at all yeah. is worse, but yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Go on, Demi. Okay. So I, I loved what you said in terms of, because this is a challenge many people face when they're full-time working and I'm currently full-time working as well, is being organized enough to, to be able to um, do the things you need to do either before or after work or during lunchtime um, and then still have the brain capacity to be able to function well in your, in your nine to five, as it were. So how how did you keep organized enough to 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 be able to do those things? You mentioned you had a like a task planner or something like that. What kind of systems did you have in place to allow you to keep organized so that you were able to do um, execute on the tasks for your business, um, but also execute um, uh, you know to maximum efficiency at work as well? Yeah, that's great. So I didn't have to think about work because work 
um, what I mean is I didn't have to think about work before work. When I was at work, I just focused on that and did that. And when I wasn't at work, that's when I needed to bring the task planner into play because when I wasn't, I think my brain is slightly hyperactive. It goes into <laughs> all different ideas and I'll start one thing, forget what I was doing and start something else. So, so the task planner is really important for me and I have lots of amazing ideas as well. So what I did with that was, it was just a very simple thing. I don't think the app exists anymore, but there will be lots of other ones. At the time I was using Wonderlist. Mm-hmm. And um, what I would do is if I had an idea, I just write it in there. And then the other thing I would do is just add all of the tasks in anything to do with the property business, like set up a limited company, call such and such agent, investigate such and such a property that I'd, I'd glimpsed. Um, everything on there all had a time and a day allocated to it. And then it, there was also a list of anything that did didn't have the time of day allocated so anytime I had some time free I didn't have to remember anything I could just go into that app and it would just show me what what I was doing and that that just helped me be so efficient uh sometimes I think when you've got less time you're more efficient if you know what I mean yeah 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 100 <laughs> percent you've got you you've got less time to do the work so you do it whereas if you yeah if you're if you've got the whole day, you can you, you sometimes put things off, don't you? So and and I just think I had so much a high level of excitement around it. It was like a door had opened, and I was suddenly in this Aladdin's cave that I did not know existed, and it just felt like everything was possible for me. Everything was there for me now. I hadn't seen it for all these years, and now I did not need to hang around. So it felt <laughs> kind of it felt kind of urgent, like get on with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Cool. So you started with, um, you started, you bought one property. Um, so kind of take us through what happened next. Well, those first two actually were in the rent to rent property arena. Okay. So um, you were mentioning about confidence. I didn't feel like A, I had the money or B, that anybody would lend me any money. I wasn't aware of other people's money as or I wasn't aware of it in a way that made it feel like it was something that applied to me personally but when I heard about the rent to rent strategy uh, I just thought oh yeah I think I can do that I mean I can manage a property and I can do it as well if not better than um, a lot of letting agents just by caring about mm. about it okay so from there um, so you got the two rent to rents um and what did you have to do any refurbs was it you know were they already in good condition what, what kind of yeah happened? oh my gosh it was so stressful <laughs> uh so we got these two i i'd moved across from bristol to uh first of all i was managing the refurb from a distance then um you know coming over in the evenings after work and then i moved uh, across to uh, to newport and moved into one of the properties and started doing everything and so Nikki and I, Nikki, my sister, was still living in London at that time. She would come over here through the week and then go back um, at weekends. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy, isn't it? She did that for quite a long time. Um, but um, so the stress was that we spent, we overspent, we way overspent because the landlord who whose properties they were took a chance on us and he told us that his decorator would do both properties for £800. I just thought, how can anybody decorate for £800? I can't believe. And two properties. Uh, anyway. What, £800 we, in total? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, do you That's know what? very low. <laughs> I can't remember it now, but whatever it was, it was low. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was £800 for the both of them. But wow. so we had this, we had this, um, we were excited thinking, gosh, this, this Newport is really inexpensive. And we got the decorator around and we were going around with our clipboards and getting all excited about what colours we were having different walls and, and the woodwork was all going to be white. We were taking it from sort of some varnished, you know, brown wood uh, into, um white gloss everywhere white eggshell and um different colors for the walls anyway he didn't say much as we went around the whole building and got back to the front door you know for the close of the meeting and and to where when he was going to give his quote or when could he start even because we already knew the price 
Um, and he just said, no, 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 love, you've got it all wrong. I just slap on a bit of uh, white on all of the ceilings, <laughs> <laughs> ceilings, walls, woodwork, you know, it sounded like floor as well. You get that included for free. Um, that's the 800 pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's the 800 pounds. Uh, it's not like a job where they're, they're, they're sorting out yeah, the walls yeah. beforehand and, you know, priming and all of that and anyway so basically couldn't do what we wanted him to do we didn't want him to do what he knew how to do and so we then had to find contractors at short notice when we didn't know what we were doing we didn't have the contacts and we spoke to quite a few more man bands and they were quoting such a long time because we had a five bed house and a four bed house we we needed both of them turned Mm -hmm. around like we needed a team in there you know yeah but then we found a company that could do a team and the price was crazy compared with what we had originally had but in the end we just said you know what we can either wait four weeks and go with the one-man band who can do it for not very much where we're going to have to constantly be chasing and they they haven't got capacity and they can't be in two places at once mm-hmm. or we can go with this team get it blitzed and spend the money and at least we're going to have an amazing product afterwards and we'll be able to take pictures of it and you know improve from there and have lower costs next time so that's what we did and in the end we ended up as you know and I've heard you talking about it on the show rent to rent can have a really low barrier to entry because you only need to spend sometimes nothing at all sometimes a few thousand pounds to get your property looking amazing somehow we spent £12,000 on our first property. Um, oh. I know, but it's worked out to be uh, an amazing deal because <laughs> originally we had it for three mu- three sorry, three sorry, years and then uh, the landlord extended for another five years. So altogether, we got it for eight years. So it was um, 72, isn't it? That's 72 months. Yeah. And it was 615 a month. So it was it was just a phenomenal cash flow over the whole period. Um, so it really it really worked out even after taking into account all of the uh, all of the costs of refurbishing it. Yeah. That's an amazing thing about property actually. You know, I've had deals where we've spent a bit more than we initially bargained or budgeted for. And of course in that moment it's like oh my god I'm spending so much or you know but um, the, the great thing about properties always works out. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, based on my experience, I would say that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, let me not say it always works. I just think it's someone out there is thinking, oh, yeah, does it? No, it doesn't always work out for everyone, but that it has the capacity. There's an opportunity for it to work out if you hold it longer um, just by sheer nature of a property appreciating in, in value or rental going up or, you know, or you just rethinking the strategy. Um, so yeah, they just, I always say based on my experience that if you're willing to be patient and you're willing to hold out for a little while, you can, you can almost not make a loss in property. And I say that cautiously though, but if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's very, very forgiving. You don't yes, have that's to the word. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and so so from there we we've, we've just gone on and we we got more rent to rent and eventually we did then start um we just then then start buying pro- property as well. Mm. Okay, so was that so you took the the cash flow from your rent to rent? You then started using that as deposits for your own properties. Is that correct? Yeah, and we had well there was a mixture of things because. I had bought a little flat myself and I had sold it because it was far away in Edinburgh and I wanted to invest the money closer to home uh, because I felt I could get a better return on it where we can have our own team managing the property, etc. And uh, so we used some of the cash flow and we also used some of Nikki's savings and some of mine to buy an investment property and it was uh, our first one that we bought it was in 2017 and it was uh, a commercial property and we thought oh okay we can buy it for cash and easily quickly we can 
I love yeah, the, em- the emphasis, the emphasis on easily, quickly. There is a story coming up. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Go ahead. Yeah, easily, quickly. We can refinance it onto a different product and, um, you know, that works better for us. But we were, I think we were just so keen to, to buy something and we had this money and we, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And what we didn't know was that, when you're dealing with commercial property or trying to get finance for commercial property, what the lenders are looking at is they're looking at, have you owned a commercial property before? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in this case, the answer was, no, we have not. <laughs> and um, so we found it really difficult to, we, we had a really good broker and that's what saved us because uh, he went out to so many lenders uh, to try and find a, a deal for us and nobody wanted to lend. But eventually, which we found baffling, but now it it just totally makes sense. And uh, eventually we did find somebody because the brokers uh, have to give a story. So in my mind, whether you get lending or not, it seemed very black and white, very numbers based. But what the lenders like is they're obviously mitigating for risk. They want somebody who's going to pay the money back but also he's going to be able to manage the property and do whatever is required to make that property make money so that that, that they can pay their loan back. And the, the, our broker needed to paint a picture of our experience in such a way that the lenders wanted to lend. And luckily for us, the experience that we had with Rent to Rent, although typically they say that Having experience managing property doesn't count as far as lenders are concerned. What we found was that because we had um, lots of before and after pictures of quite significant refurbishments and we had lots of reviews both from uh, landlords and agents that we were able to paint this into a picture that the broker could then pass on to the lender, which gave them more confidence. And we did eventually manage to uh, find a lender to to refinance that that commercial property for us fantastic there's a couple of um interesting tidbits there but yeah i guess ultimately when there's a world there's a way um you had an excellent product you know you had excellent reviews and with all of that you were able to take that and present that to the lenders and and it just goes to show as well it's not it's not as robotic as some people think you know um we're dealing with people and if people can see uh, or they can, you know, there's validation of of your experience and the things you've done, then uh, it looks like th- there's an opportunity there that you can circumvent some of the requirements that are needed. So, yeah, cool, cool. So were you, when you bought it, you bought it, you bought it cash, did you? And then you wanted to refine and pull your money back, basically. Yeah, well, okay. we just wanted to put it on to, yeah, that's right, that's right. So we bought it. And um, I know that the, the price will surprise it for £150,000. And the, the houses that were nearby, because it, it was an office, were, you know, over an excess of 220. So it was just that you're able to buy a little bit less for, for commercial. And um, we also didn't have planning at the time. In Wales, there's not there's not all the permitted development rights that you have in England. And so we knew we needed to go for planning and we were going to go for planning for eight bed HMO. But our architect and this, again, is the importance of having a good team. I mean, we were obviously finding and developing our team because we were starting off um, and the architect came up with we could have four one bed flats in there. And that just works amazingly as well for cash flow, for diversity. It's right opposite as well, uh, a train station. So we thought it could work as uh, contractor lets, short-term lets as well. We don't normally do um, short-term lets, but I thought there's lots more different options on a four-bed than an, um, four self-contained flats than there are eight-bed HMOs. So in the end, we went in for planning for the four beds, sorry, four self-contained flats, and we, we got it. And uh, yeah, yeah the, <laughs> on my Insta in the last couple of weeks, I put a, a photo, a video 
at Stephanie T property, uh, I did a video of me walking all around this, um, walking all around the, whatever it is, the office building, because mm. our tenants, we had, when we, when we bought it, we had commercial tenants in place in 2017 and they're still there. Well, they were still there until this month, March, 2021. And um, they've just moved out. And so we're starting on the works now. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm, very very interesting sure. do you know what we haven't talked about and i'm actually quite curious to know because rent to rent heaven and rent i mean hmo heaven and rent to rent business um success to, um, isn't, isn't just steffi isn't just stephanie taylor it's stephanie and nikki you haven't told us how did your sister how was that about that i'm, I'm very curious how did you get your sister in or who pulled who in how long did it take and can we just see a little bit about that before we go into the uh, the real property conversation? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Nikki T. So thank God that she came in. I just am grateful for that every day because at the end of the day, there's a lot of I's to dot and T's to cross in, in property. Mm. And we need somebody to do that, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, so how it happened was I was just so lucky because I was – I, I've described my story. I was so excited for it. I I suddenly felt driven to do it. And my sister was away. She was between careers, and that's where the luck comes into it. She was very high-flying in banking, banking finance, um, and, and had had permanent jobs and contracting roles, you know, at senior level, president, vice president of HR, global HR, and all that sort of thing. And she'd really been, she really worked hard. Oh my goodness. She was often doing, you know, working till midnight, coming home on the tube. I mean, it was ridiculous, but that's just her. I don't know. That's just how she is. And um, she'd, she'd, she'd given it up and taken a role in education so that she could have better life balance. But it wasn't better life balance really because she still worked exactly the same way <laughs> and she didn't have anybody to delegate it to at the bank. She had a big team to delegate everything. And at the school, she didn't, she was a, uh, is it a business manager or she was some sort of manager at uh, running an independent school, hmm. but it was a new school. So she put, put in all the systems, got audited and all of, all of that sort of thing. So there was a lot, there was a lot to it. So she just decided to, she'd got everything in place. Uh, she'd given her notice and she decided to, take a few months off on holiday and I had suggested to her that while she's off she listens to um, Rich Dad Poor Dad Mm -hmm. and that was it when she came back she was looking she was just looking for something that she could do but when I said to her that I was doing this I was not expecting her to say oh yeah okay I'm in with you 50 50 let's do this Um, because she's very cautious but that's what she said and um, that just that's just made all the difference because um, we wouldn't have been as successful without Nikki. Lovely. The power of two, the power of collaboration. I am all down, down, down for collaborating and having a team and having someone to bounce things off. So yeah, that's amazing. I, I was very interested to know how you, you both got into it. So thanks for sharing that. Amazing. Over to you, Dami. You can go ask those property questions now. <laughs> No, we've we've been talking, we've been talking all different things. So, so the, the the thing then I wanted to move into. So we've kind of gone from you've left your high flying paying job in a bank. Uh, you got a couple of rent to rents. You've um, you secured a commercial property. Um, now talk to us about your 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 book, your rent to rent success book, and how that came about. How it's become you know the, the one of the best sellers on Amazon and, uh, you know, all the success that you've had off of the back of that. Yeah. Oh, I, I just can see a prop cast book. I really can. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Thank you. <laughs> uh, when you're ready, talk to me because uh, the first time you write a book, you learn so many different things. Um, mm. So, yeah. But I, how did it all happen? I think the answer is lockdown. Uh, that's how it all happened because 2020 um, I had a lot of ideas and I hadn't um, executed on them and I wanted to write a book I was very much a bookworm as a girl growing up I didn't really want to speak to people but I did love reading books 
And um, so for me, it felt really, really special to be able to write a book. And, and the other reason that I wanted to write the book is I just wanted people to know this is possible for you and not to have to make a huge investment. So we were really careful in the book. I think one of the reasons the book has got so many uh, five-star reviews is because actually you get so much in the book. It really is the full, um, our full system. And it, it just starts off for people who want a bit more personal. It starts off with exactly how we got started. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the book, there's a few weaved in of other people's stories but more than anything, you've got the full six-step rent-to-rent success system. So for people who can't afford to take on mentorship or work with a coach one-to-one -one or in a group, um, it's it it's everything there for them um, in the in the book. And and last year, and I think is this where you started as well. Um, I, we started the podcast last year as well in 2020 uh, in lockdown, and we 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 launched the book. It was early 2021, but we wrote it. Uh, in in the lockdown and uh yeah it's been it's been so much fun amazing amazing yeah we started podcast in 2020 wasn't it then yeah almost a year ago almost a year ago so not quite one year yet but yeah almost a year ago so yeah no lockdown birthed quite a few things and it sounds like it was uh, certainly the same for you yeah definitely um i think what we found last year was uh it was a masterclass in uncertainty and it's how do you, yeah. How do you act when your feet are on, not on solid ground and you don't know what's going to happen. And um, it's just, how do you make the best out of a bad, out of a bad situation, basically? Yeah. hundred percent. I remember I went for a run. Um, I think at some point last year and it was, the, so sometimes depending, I, you know, some of them, I, I have different routes, but this particular route is kind of in, in, in fields. And of course, if it's rained a bit and things like that, it's the, the, the ground is really mushy and it's really slippery. And I remember a thought coming to my head and it was like, this is what entrepreneurship and being in business is like. You, you're not quite on steady ground. You know, mm -hmm. you're not sure. And just what you said there just reminded me of that visual, vis uh, that, that visual that I had. And it's like, that's, that's exactly what business is. You know, you're, you're putting one foot in front of the other, hoping that <laughs> you're not going to twist your ankle or you're not going to fall down and slip. And that's what lockdown has been. And, you know, for those who have been able to go through it, um, I think, you know, you're now seeing the rewards and the successes of that. So fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't put it better myself. And every day you get up with excitement to run in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's amazing. So um, talk to me, a woman in business. So I told you I've been reading this confidence code and it's kind of just <laughs> opened my, opened my maybe, uh, it's just opened me up to things that I didn't think about before. So What's it like being for you as a woman in what could be seen as a as a male dominated business? Um, what's it like for you? Yeah, I I love it. People, the main thing is people do underestimate me all the time or think that I suppose because I'm so well known for rent to rent and I'm the rent to rent queen as some people describe me. Um, and that's, that's brilliant. And rent to rent is a business model. And so some people don't realize that we invest, that we develop also. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that, that they don't know or that they underestimate me because I underestimated me for the longest time. And I know me better than, than anyone. And um, so what I like to do is I don't like to talk about what I do a lot. What I like to do is just show people through what I do. I think anybody who works with us uh, respects us. Because whenever we're delivering, whatever our relationship is, whether we're working with you as you're a contractor on our project, whether you're a landlord that we're working with or a housemate or an investor, we're delivering excellence. That's our goal, our aim with everything that we do for you. We want you to be delighted that you're working with us. Mm. And that's what we work towards. So when people work with us, we know that they're delighted with the results that they get. And um and one of the things that I'm most proud of within HMO Heaven is 
is all the reviews we've got. Because if you go to most lessing agents, the reviews are really mixed. You don't get many because well, who leaves a review for a lessing agent? Usually it's people who are not happy. Um, <laughs> but true, if you, when, when you Google in HMO Heaven, this whole huge panel comes up on Google on the right-hand side of all the reviews. And I'm really proud of that because that's just um, testament to the team and the work they do in, in delivering what, are, what we set out to do. So I know that's a bit of a diversion from what's it like to be a woman in business. But I think um, one of the main things is that people will possibly underestimate you because they're not expecting a woman to turn up when, you, when, you, when they're waiting for the owner of the 12-unit block to discuss you know, architecture or whatever, whatever we're discussing. They're not expecting a black woman to rock up. I, I was just going to put the black element into it as well. Not only are they not expecting to see a woman, they're definitely not expecting a black woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah they're not expecting a black woman to rock up and you know I, I don't get I don't get angry about that I just want to um them to experience the um the experience of working with us that it's it's a, a higher level than whatever they were expecting fantastic fantastic cool thank you Bim. over to you over to me Steffi I am so inspired by you and do you know what I am well up until recently actually um up until re- recently so this is my confession I just thought you were just a rent-to-rent queen didn't know that you were doing a lot more <laughs> so yeah thank you for um for sharing that and obviously thank you for showing some of the things that you're talking about on your page as well I think I know you mentioned that you're not typically someone that talks about what you do, but you show. And I think that's very important, you know, talking and showing, uh, showing especially. Um, and I think showing helps other people that are looking up to you or looking at what you're doing to be inspired and give them the confidence of the boost to, to know that they can do it as well. Mm. Um, and I think especially for our, our, our race as well, I, you know, I'm very big on um, yes. black black. Like black people doing really well. I mean, for everyone to do well, but for us, there is a big gap. So showing that yes, there are a lot of us doing really good stuff is good. It helps the the younger generation and gives them something to look up to. So thank you so much for all the things that you've been doing. So one of the questions that we ask when we as we wrap up our podcast is ask our our guests what property means to them. I know you've. You've alluded to that. You you did allude to that at the beginning, but there might be more that you want to you want to share with the um, listeners. So please tell us what does property mean to you, or what has property done for you? Ah, uh, it just feels like property gave me uh, my purpose in life, and one of the things that makes me the happiest is when my son was growing up. Uh, we didn't touch on this today, but. I had my son when I was 18 and I think that's where a lot of the low self-esteem issues and um, obviously there was a lot of struggle financially where all that started off. And so when when Alex was growing up, it was, yeah, it was filled with love and we had fun, but it was also scarcity and worry and anxiety about, about money and about lots of other things. And um, so... I, that that fills me partly with regret. I know you're not supposed to regret, but what excites me is that now in the last five years since we've been working full-time in property and we've we've built up this multi-million pound portfolio, we've we've got these successful businesses, is that we've been able to share that with Alex. And he's also saved up his own deposit for his own first property. And he's now on the property ladder and he's done a back to renovation totally independently in terms of the finances because it was really important for him he wanted to do it on his own in that sense um but we we're so what I'm excited for is yeah we're going to be able to pass down um these um inheritance in trusts to him but what I what I'm more excited about is teaching him how to build his own wealth independently for himself right now and he started to do that and that that's 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 my number one thing that I get from property and and the second thing is that you get the joy of giving so 
everything that we build up in trust is not going to go to my son Alex because he's 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 one person and also he'll build up his own wealth as well but some of it will go in trust to causes that we care about and we're in the early stages of setting up how these assets will work in the future in trust for causes that we care about because we get to have the privilege to be able to give not even just while we're alive but also after we've gone wow good 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 do you know what i like the sound of multi-million portfolio do you know for the longest time thank god for property and this is one of the things that i particularly say to people really about property and, and wealth building you don't hear so much um people like yourself that have built anything of in in the value of millions of pounds but property has literally brought that made that possible for a lot a lot of people so thank you another one another millionaire (laughs) and the thing is Bimbola before the day I would have thought this was so so amazing but as you know now when you get here it's just like it's so straightforward to go into the millions in property isn't it exactly So we're aiming for the billion. We're aiming for the billion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that is it. I mean, what else do we want? Do we yeah. have time? Can we keep going? Should we wrap it up? Uh, I think this is a, a good place to uh, just respect in um, our guest time as well. So um, once again, Stephanie, we want to say thank you. Thank you for um, coming on podcast. If our listeners want to find out a bit more about you, I know we've mentioned a few things, but as they're listening now, where can they go to right now to find information on, on yourself or to connect with you? Yeah, um, I would love them, Dami, they can go to the Rent to Rent Success podcast. Uh, sorry, the Rent to Rent Success.com website. And if you want to message me, uh, if you've got any questions following up from the show, then Instagram is a great place. <clears throat> on Instagram, I'm Stephanie T Property. And I would love to leave your readers, uh, sorry, your listeners uh, with a copy of the book. If they, if, he, if they leave a review of the PropCast podcast, Ooh. screenshot the review wow. and email it to me at support at renttorentsuccess.com, then we'll send them a copy of the book if they're in the UK in the post or if they're not in the UK we'll send them a copy of the electronic version amazing thank you so much Stephanie that's, thank you that's amazing thank you. wow that's cool <laughs> so there you have it um if you want a copy of her book which goes which has a six step step-by-step process of how you can successfully go into rent to rent then please do um as she has requested and uh, we'll put all the details in the show notes as well so um yeah we want to say thank you once again stephanie that's been amazing and um to all our listeners thank you once again for joining us on an on another episode of podcast if you've enjoyed it if you've liked it if you've liked what you've heard if you've connected with stephanie's story do leave us a review do leave some comments reach out to stephanie as well let her know how um, amazing she is and um and yeah let's keep building together so thank you once again everyone and until next time ciao for now ciao thank you so much everyone thanks bye bye